Sovereign Parser is the most accurate resume and job order intake technology in the industry. The more accurate your data, the better decisions you can make. Find out more about our suite of products today by visiting Sovereign.com. That's S-O-V-R-E-N.com. We provide technology that thinks, communicates, and collaborates like a human. Sovereign. Software so human, you'll want to take it to dinner. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All right, can we talk about something now? <laughs> it's a wrap-up. This is a wrap-up, but we have some news. We do have news. Specifically, the Click IQ acquisition yes. by Indeed. Yes. Who's getting sloppy seconds by not getting on the AppCast <laughs> <Yeah>. train. <laughs> uh, we have HireVue rumors of a sale. I guess it's official. They're selling HireVue. Yeah. That's on the chopping block. Um, and then some other fringe news, but primarily the Wreckfest uh, roundup. Yes. And our thoughts on that. Yeah. Uh, if you love special guests from this is uh, from, from exotic locations, this is the show for you. <laughs> we're here in London, England, in a pub. Where? What? What pub are we in? Rob? Uh, we're in the we're in the Grove in the Grove in Surbiton, just down the road from the office. Okay. We we've, we've pulled Rob in from pouring beers. We thought we'd throw him on the show. No, actually, Rob Prince. Uh, with Talent Nexus. Rob, what's your position there with uh, the company? Client Services Director. Client Services Director. So uh, we'll get to you in a second. We're also, for the f- second time, second time, bringing in the better half of this the is, SOWASH. This is, this is nepotism personified yes. right now. Yeah. yeah, it is. I'll let you be <laughs> on the podcast this week. On this one. Uh, Julie Sowash. Hello, hello. What's your current title besides uh, um, Karen Handler and feeding of yeah. the Chad? Just super badass bitch. Super um, badass bitch. Super senior consultant and co-host of the uh, Crazy and the King podcast. Diversity guru Oracle. badass bitch badass bitch <laughs> i think she all said right. that earlier yeah. all right all right uh rob let's get let's get, get to you real quick talent nexus who are they why should our audience care and why did you make us look so goddamn good oh because it's so easy <laughs> it's so easy talent <laughs> nexus the british, the british don't lie so nice. overly yeah. polite uh so talent <laughs> nexus are, uh, we're a marketing agency uh we work exclusively within recruitment uh, so they, we've kind of got two sides of the business. We've got the programmatic side, um, which is all about just helping um, helping job boards and employers get their candidates for cheaper. Um, and then we've got the employer branding and content side, uh, which is the side that I deal with more um, more than the other side. And it's the side that kind of led us on to doing the video with you guys. Videos are a big part of what we do at the moment. So you're going to have something really smart to say in regards to the Click IQ Indeed acquisition. Correct? Wait, before we get there, I have a rant. Before shout outs? You got yes. a rant? Okay, yeah. go before for it. So... I was talking to Richard yesterday from Click IQ. Dick. The, yeah, oh, the, the he called you out on LinkedIn. Oh, fucking Click IQ, and we had a legitimate, pointed conversation. I said, Richard, right now, we said it on the podcast, and you heard it. Indeed, is fucking stupid for not buying AppCast and you guys. I mean, pretty much. We're, we're, we're on record. Yeah, we're on record, and he just looked at me. He turned red. 
And he breathed really deep, and he's like, yeah, yeah. I was like, well, you know, that, just so you know, you are validated because now you are like the big player, right? And then guess what happens today? As he's, as he's waiting for the check to clear in <laughs> exactly. his bank account, he's breathing heavily. He's like, if Chad and Cheese say this shit on stage, I am fucked. Actually, the validation is in our show. That's a good job. Because we criticized it and it happened. Yeah. Because somebody was smart enough yeah. to make it happen. So I'm 90% sure that that redness was actually sunburn. Uh, he was he was definitely uh, cagey about it. He's been honest about it. Uh, he's apologized to you on LinkedIn today, hasn't he? <laughs> he has. Uh, yeah, he that, yeah, that was straight up sunburn. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to say, no, congratulations, dude. That is fucking awesome. I mean, in, in the short amount of time, AppCast, now Click IQ. Big week. Big week. So that, we'll get the shout outs. We're going to do that like after. Sure, whatever. This is big fucking news. You're in programmatic. Another beer, please. Rob, you're in programmatic. You know this shit. What does this mean for for your for the industry overall? I I think it is a potentially long overdue uh, waking up. I think I think the industry is is speeding up. It's waking up. I think the uh, you know you talked about the AppCast uh, acquisition earlier this earlier this week. Uh-huh. Um, it's funny that they've both happened at the same time. I'm sure it wasn't planned like that, but it's, you know, th- these things do tend to happen in twos, don't they? No, Indeed, Indeed lost on the AppCast thing, and they're Ooh. like, fuck, we need to pull the trigger on this one. That's, I mean, that's had had to be what happened. There was a bidding war. Was ClickIQ the, consu- the consolation prize? I think they were going for both of them myself. Really? I think they okay. were going for a clean sweep. What do you think? Honestly, I have absolutely no idea. My, my guess- what do you think, though, Rob? This is an opinion <laughs> Ask show. Ask for what you think, Rob. <laughs> And we don't take kindly to I don't know. Yeah. My, my guess would my guess would be that it was planned purely because I can't see indeed losing that bidding war and nobody knowing about it. Uh, especially for the price that AppCast went yeah, at. Especially for the price, yeah. I mean, but what was AppCast's uh, sort of market share here in the uh, the European market? I can tell you numbers. It, 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 they're certainly the leading provider okay. of right. that. So same yeah. as the US, AppCast yeah. was yeah. the leader. Yeah. I mean, within the UK, you're looking at like uh, Recruitix and AppCast would be the yeah. two versions that people know. Do we know the, the dollar figure? No, I don't think Click's been released. I, know, I thought the... Um, the whole release, I thought, was it was an interestingly worded release, especially if you compare it to what happened earlier in the week. The I think the phrase is something like they've they've agreed or like they've signed signed to agree that they will acquire, rather than the the version earlier of the week, which was yeah, like hurrah, we got bought. Um, Click IQs was a bit different to that, and I, I'd be interested to know whether that's slightly clumsy wording or whether that means that he's talking about something different. Knowing Indeed's PR as I do, it was probably strategic. All of it in terms of wording and PR. So my question is, if the big dog, AppCast, the relationships with the agencies, okay, that's that's an advantage and a head start. But now you have ClickIQ with, you know, the full resources of an Indeed (laughs) <laughs> a year from now, two years from now, is AppCast still the one the agencies you know rely on and use, or does Click IQ make headway into like that world and overtake AppCast in yeah. say three to five years? Yeah. So, I think you have to take a look at at Stepstone's priorities if they're looking to make sure that world they, domination. Yeah, I mean, if they look for literally making sure that they shore up. 
what they have in the U.S., which is, I mean, really dominating infrastructure for programmatic in the U.S., and then being able to also shore up now what they have in Europe, which is where they're at. If that's their focus, then I think they still, I'm, I, I think they're still doing well, right? But the amount of money that indeed spends or could spend on this could definitely overtake anything. The big question is, do they have the focus of yesteryear? Back in the Paul Forrester days, Paul Forrester focused like a fucking laser, right? And that's why they overtook everybody. Focus beasts. Yeah, and now they have no focus whatsoever. I mean, they're all over the place. So the big question is, can they become the indeed of yesteryear and prioritize and focus in one area to evolve and become something bigger, or are they just going to fuck this up? Rob, you know Stepstone better than we do. What's your take on sort of their... They're, they're reaching to North America. There's rumors that they're looking into to eBay's properties in Canada. Do you have any particular insight into Stepstone, a European company, as they grow into North America? Stepstone have always been uh, growing, ambitious, um, professional is probably the word I would use. Like they, well, they're German, so they're going to be right, uptight they, they, and professional. Yeah. Stepstone more are not an organization than the British, British I think, right? right. They, they, they're so, more, I said they're more uptight than the British, aren't they? <laughs> Germans? Uh, yeah. There's, the Germans. You could ask anybody in the pub that question and you would get the same answer, which is of course. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I can't see I can't see them being anything other than efficient and smart yeah. here. I, like, I think the acquisition, you, you called it earlier this week, the acquisition is a good one for them. Yeah. Um, it's a real sign of intent. Uh, it's the first proper acquisition of a... Uh, like programmatic business, which is a, a huge leap in the right direction for the industry. I think that's where that's going. My question as well is when you when you have job sites like Stepstone and Indeed buy up these programmatic solutions, don't you have to say that inevitably there's going to be a little bit of skewing in favor of their properties versus the network properties? And ultimately, you're going to send more traffic to either Stepstone or Indeed's properties than you are the competition? It is vital for a platform like that that it is uh, agnostic. Isn't it? That's, that's why the platform would be valuable and work. Um, there is it. You're, you're looking at me with cynical eyes, which, well, yeah. I, which you're I really assuming understand. there's transparency around where where yeah. the money's being spent, and right now there really is no transparency around where it's being spent. So, and it's why there's there's the understandable nervousness in the industry. I mean, you're talking to people at Wreckfest yesterday, and everyone everyone gets what the the nervousness is, right? And it's ah. why um, Richard, in his LinkedIn post earlier even called it out in you know one of three paragraphs one of them was about the platform remains agnostic um and it's yeah. you know it's all about spending money in the most efficient way it's not about directly funneling money into whoever owns us which but, but that's it has to be like that right can you imagine a platform working in a way that wasn't that 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 has to be the way that a platform like that works yeah. so they may be saying that of one side of their mouth but are they telling a different story internally on the other side of their mouth you'll have to get them on <laughs> Assuming they'll tell the truth. <laughs> well, Richard's British, right? You always tell the truth. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so moving on. Let's go ahead and get the shout-outs. It's commercial time. Nah, not for me. All these jobs look the same. Ugh, next. This is what perfectly qualified candidates are thinking as they scroll past your jobs. Just half-heartedly skimming job descriptions that aren't standing out to them. Face it. We live in a world that is all about content, content, content. 
So why do we expect job seekers to react differently while reading paragraphs and bullets in templated job descriptions? Stand out in a feed full of boring job ads with a dynamic, enticing video that showcases your company culture, people, and benefits with Job AdX. Instead of hoping that job seekers will stumble upon your employment branding video, Job AdX seamlessly displays it in the job description while they're searching, building a connection, and reducing candidate drop-off. You're spending thousands of dollars on beautiful, informative employment branding videos that just sit on a YouTube channel, begging to be discovered. Why not feature them across our network of over 150 job sites to proactively compel top talent to join your team? Help candidates see themselves in your role by emailing joinus at jobadx.com. That's joinus at jobadx.com. Attract engage employ with job addicts it's showtime well i'm curious if you have an opinion on the the transparency and where the money's going i don't think indeed has anything to actually win and or prove through transparency they're the big dog when it comes to traffic um they're going to do what they want to do how they want to do it when they want to do it and they don't give a fuck what anybody else thinks so i i i wish and hope that we find out how to make actually a network that, that is more targeted and it makes sense. But I don't have the confidence, at least on the Indeed side of the house, that that's going to happen. Now, I think on the Stepstone side, we have an entirely different conversation where they do, they need to be transparent. I think there, there's a yin and yang to this. They can be incredibly transparent, win the, the public support, love, all that other happy horseshit. But the question is, when does Indeed pull out of AppCast? And they're like, no, you're not pushing shit our way through AppCast. We're only going through ClipCast. When's that happen? And how does that actually damage that footprint and that infrastructure that's built in the US and the UK? I think one of the interesting, well, I think one of the important parts of this conversation is that it would be very easy in this situation to conflate um, business decisions, business strategy with transparency. Uh -huh. right? So for for platforms like those to work and for, I mean, it, you know, in, in what we do, like we do loads of programmatic stuff and the in line one of that that agenda is to be completely transparent and open with client budgets right? ah. everyone knows exactly where everything's going because that's the only way that we could operate um, that is different to the second part of that which is you know do, do what do indeed do now knowing that Appcast is in one camp and and them and click iq are in another you know that but they're different things and it, like being transparent with customers is is just a vital component of what they do if they transparently step out of that relationship with uh -huh. you know the, the other team then then fine but that's they shouldn't be conflated because that would be letting them off the hook i think just allowing them to to not be transparent because it's strategically sensible for them to do so that that's that's bullshit i think it's incredibly naive to think that more money won't be flowing into indeed in glassdoor <laughs> yeah. easily and that's all i've got to say about yeah. that yeah so Thanks, Jamie, Leonard, and Bobby, and especially Lois, because I think she does all the work. No, wait, Francesca, I think, does all the work, right? So, Wreckfest was like one of... We've never been to If we a, had a, a bomb festival. sound effect, this, was, this would be where we would play <laughs> and it. And I will put it in there some maybe, I don't know. Uh, but we've been to 
how many, I mean, just about every conference that's out there in this industry, this was not a By the a end of conference. the year, we will have notched yes. up pretty much yeah. every. This is not a conference. This is a fucking festival. I mean, it was a festival circus slash, I mean, it was amazing because from my standpoint, I saw recruiters, recruiting teams, talent acquisition, let down their guard become more transparent more authentic and actually not just share but engage in the community more than i have at any other conference yeah. <laughs> particularly with the uh, the english who are historically a very reserved people yeah uh they had no issue with letting go uh, some sort of truth serum must have been in the air. Yeah, it was called a bar opening at noon. <laughs> it might have been the pub that was on site at every single stage. Yeah, uh, that got them talking. But yes, it was it was fantastic. Uh, they ha- they held nothing close to the vest. People were very open, and I think the speakers as well. It carried over to being sort of very open and honest, uh, feeding off the crowd and being you know real in terms of opinion best and content. List of speakers I've seen, not just because we are on it. I mean, come on, but the best list of speakers. It might have had something to do it with it. It was ridiculous. It, it was re- it was awesome. Yeah, it? and so. It, Jamie's a genius by having us be the closing, you know, speakers, by the way. Because <laughs> he knew we would blow shit up. The smartest man in uh, European recruiting. I think your favorite, Rob, your favorite presentation was Torn Ellis. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, uh, yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen somebody control a room like that. Um, and I think the, often the problem with talks about diversity is they're boring. <laughs> Is, yeah. is, is often what happens. Uh, it, it sounds like people Did you say telling, boring. Boring. Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah but, Joel knows it, that, right? It, it's it's getting told that you have loads more work to do, and that, that you know, everything's in a pretty bad state. That it's kind of your fault, and that, that which is all true. You can't see Rob, but he's a white male in his late twenties. Would that be correct? <laughs> yeah. I just want to I want to make some context in, around this before we get to the female on the other side of the table. No, but it's good that Rob recognizes yes, that. Yes, it is. It's all his fault. Yeah. So, yes, go ahead, Rob. (laughs) Importantly, you know, it's not that the stuff isn't important. The delivery of the stuff tends to be dry in an HR context. Um, And you're looking at a big top 10 full of, what, three, four hundred people, all of whom were leaning forward on the edge of their seat, just soaking up every single word. And it wasn't just fear that Torn would be calling them out uh, (laughs) during his speech, which I love. That was awesome. On the other side, I mean... Julie obviously not only knows Torn well because she's you know the to say she has a unique perspective yes, on this I mean, would be she, an understatement. She she's on a podcast, Crazy and the King, with Torn Ellis. But I I actually turned and looked over to her many times, and it was almost like she was in church. You're never not in church with Torn. Yeah, okay, okay, that's the only way it goes. So so talk about that. Talk about what that means to your community overall was, was this same old same old to you or was, was this torn in his element so this was definitely torn in his element i've seen him perfecting this presentation over the last few months and it just gets stronger every time and i think that in particular this was very meaningful because mama ellis was there right so she was there and she got to see him present that's his mother by the way well yeah mama ellis that's how it works <laughs> oh, i thought you said obama ellis. jesus christ really mama ellis <laughs> Thank God for editing. Carry on. Um, Mind the gap. I, and, and I was interested to see how, honestly, how 
his messaging would transfer over to a, a European audience and if there would be kind of that same engagement and it was pretty powerful in the room right like everyone really like Rob said was he on the edge of their seat. standing ovations. Yeah. A few people stood up. No I mean it, it yeah. was it was pretty badass and I think the the difference between what Torn does and and what a lot of us have done from a, a DNI perspective is a validation thing right. Torn is a king. He knows his place and he knows he doesn't need to be quiet. Yeah. And we spend a lot of time buying our seat at the table, right? Here's the data to get my seat at the table. Here's this to, to show that I have value. Torn already knows that he has value and he already knows that DNI has value and he's not apologetic about it. He's bold about it. And I think that's where we really need to go as a as a DNI conversation because we need to get people like you guys, right? To be on board with what we're doing. White dudes. Yes, white dudes. And for That's our helpful. audience, DNI is diversity and inclusion. Thank you. <laughs> and and that's the big thing, right? Is is that he's just not scared to just call it as it is. And and that's the difference. And that's why he draws people in. It's not about the numbers or anything else. And he has backup, right? There there's not fluff there, but that he really knows that he needs to pull us all into a movement and not a, a data conversation. Uh, does Torn think that he's making a real difference or does he feel like he's fighting just such an uphill battle that it's going so slowly that it's sort of um, disheartening? So I had I had this conversation today yeah. um, uh, myself and there are 10 lifetimes worth of work to do, right? And we're so, even 55 years after the Civil Rights Act, we have so much progress to make. But it, I think it feels like a little bit less of an uphill battle right now because we're starting to see like cracks and we're starting to move forward. And so like a, a few podcasts ago, we talked about just diversity fatigue. Sometimes like as a person who is fights this battle every day, it's exhausting and you're pissed and you just want to give up because people keep fucking it up. And there's a lot of that. Uh, yeah. And when that happens, I call Torin and I say, dude, I'm fucking exhausted today. How do I make this like better? And he was like, you just got to keep fighting. And so I really do feel like he knows he's making a difference and when he can inspire the rest of us to keep going that's where his real impact is right he alone i alone can't change it right but when we have partnerships that start to have that conversation we start to move the needle so you do feel like headway is being made albeit maybe slower than you'd like it's sometimes it's three. just from an outsider's yeah. perspective the, the examples that he gives, you know, the Papa John's founder, uh, the UPS driver, like these are within the last few years, if not months, these are these are news stories. This isn't 1967, like, you know, history lessons. Nooses in a fucking GM. Plane. Totally. And we've talked about that on the show. If, if I'm a champion of diversity, every story I see like that, I just go, I, I'm deflated. How do you keep going? What is the message to everybody out there who's really not directly impacted with this? What do you tell them? Especially from a, divert, a disability standpoint. I don't have a disability. Why, why does this help me? So your question first, right? My question first. Three steps forward, two steps back. Today is a scary time yeah. for us, right? It's as as a person with a disability, as a woman, as a mother, 
with women that are coming up in the world as a mother with a, a young gay son, it is a scary time. And that makes the battle that much more worth fighting because we can see, I think a lot of us got so... Complacent. Complacent, appeased, right? When Obama got yeah. elected, right? We were like, hey, look, we did it, we right? Made it. We've made it. Yeah. Things are going to be better. We got gay marriage. But, like, things are moving in the right direction. And and through this and, and Brexit and all the things that are happening in Italy and all over the EU, we can see how fragile, right, that that balance is in the world of equality. <laughs> and so we have to ramp up the fight. Yeah, it's hard, but it's like... All fucking engines are go right now because if not, we're gonna lose. And if we don't get on board, it's fucking over for a long time, right? I mean, you you know this. I'm looking at exit strategies for my kids and my husband and all these things that we need to maybe do. That's hard, right? But meaning then, exit the country. Fuck yeah. Okay. Yeah, exit strategy. Right. That's a whole different kind of Brexit, how, isn't how, it, Rob? How do I how do I get these kids out of here if I have to get That's them out of here, right? That's a oh wait a checks it. That's a chat exit. A, I, no, I don't know. it's a ch- no wait. I'm not even gonna say that. <laughs> I don't want to say sexit like a so wash exit because that yeah. sounds like naughty. That. That's good. You like that? No, okay. no, no. Anyway, keep going. His question next. Yes. So your question, right? What do you say? It's commercial time. Canvas is the world's first intelligent text-based interviewing platform empowering recruiters to engage, screen, and coordinate logistics via text, and so much more. We keep the human, that's you, at the center, while CanvasBot is at your side adding automation to your workflow. Canvas leverages the latest in machine learning technology and has powerful integrations that help you make the most of every minute of your day. Easily amplify your employment brand with your newest culture video or add some personality to the mix by firing off a Bitmoji. We make compliance easy and are laser focused on recruiter success. Request a demo at gocanvas.io and in 20 minutes, we'll show you how to text at the speed of talent. That's gocanvas.io. Get ready to text at the speed of talent. It's showtime. Uh, two things, right? And you've been, you, Chad, have been really good about this is that... Not you, Joel. You did good yesterday, Joel. <laughs> um, two, three steps forward, two steps back. You did right? good three times yesterday. Yeah. Three times. Yes. I recounted them to Chad last night. <laughs> I did. Um, and you're like, he'll slide back. Don't worry about no, it. Like, we're really on the fucking right track, finally. Um, the biggest lesson that I've learned in the last 12 months is when to shut the fuck up. Right. So when should I, as a white person, stop talking and start listening more? And a lot of times I think that white people want to talk because we feel like talking is validating the point. Right. Like I'm saying I stand by you with all of this information that I'm giving and all the stuff that I'm doing. And I'm so busy validating who I am. I stopped listening to you. Right. And so as white people, we need to listen better. We need to listen more and we need to listen with an open mind. And sometimes that's going to be super fucking painful because we have to accept our place in the world and our privilege and we have to accept who we are and know that we're not responsible for the current situation, but we have to be, we, we can't continue to be complicit in it, 
right? And that's the biggest thing is you can't continue to take your place in the world without saying this isn't okay. And until white men stand up, and I mean, it is really, it's mostly white men and a lot of, of white women who have thought they're doing the right thing and have really have been total bullshit about it, right? I mean, they, they it, it's kind of a facade. Um, until we start to get super, super, super fucking angry and realize what we're going to lose, that, that's the that. thing. Oh, super I'm super angry. fucking angry. <laughs> super fucking angry. So, Rob, I'm curious as a Brit. Sure. Do you listen to this and think, oh, that's some American bullshit? Or do you feel, no, are no, you no. feeling what, are you picking up what she's dropping? Something I half realized yesterday and, and have, has just been crystallized listening to you talk now is that I think often the conversation around diversity gets watered down as a product of people being so desperate for people to do something that they don't want to put them off by asking for too much so so it gets watered down to the point of like absolute beige and it's just shit and it's just like oh please do something please update your cover photo so it looks a bit more inclusive you know but um, there are a couple of good shouts actually at Regfest like don't use stock photos you dicks which was great <laughs> that was awesome that was nice that, that was, was nice awesome. to see um, but the what I've realized is like, what Torin did so well and what you do so well is that it's like being unafraid to actually ask for what is required, not watering it down to the point where it becomes meaningless just just because that will mean you take half a step forward. It's like, no, we need fucking three steps and then another three. So I'm going to ask you for the three. And Torin yeah. did that really well. You know, he insisted if you're going to come up and speak to me later today and if I see you around and you, you know, I saw you on stage, whatever, I'm going to ask, what are you going to do? Are you going to stand up and actually do this stuff? And, and that, that is such an important part of this. It, watering it down isn't going to get you anywhere, right? And, that's and I, I did love on the, the stock photographs, Torin said, if you do use stock photographs of someone in a wheelchair or someone of color, the message should be, we need more of you. Yes. Yeah. And I yeah. love that. Our, that was we, super awesome. Yeah, we don't awesome. have these. We need yes, these. Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We want to see honesty. these people. We want to see yeah. you in our company. Yeah. yeah. How, how hard is that? Jesus, do you know how yeah. fucking hard that is? Are you kidding me? <laughs> She's climbing that mountain, dude. <laughs> Somebody with a master's degree in a wheelchair can't get a fucking job. Yeah. Entry in, to, level in today's job, economy, right? by yeah. the way. Well, and can you imagine anyone in talent acquisition or in marketing or in HR saying, yeah, put on our website that it's okay that we need you people, right? We need you guys to come. Can you fucking imagine like anyone getting approval to say that, right? Like there's no there's no ability to be transparent in the the brand it's all this aspirational bullshit right that like james ellis talks it's about risk averse bullshit it is risk averse bullshit like and it's right because we should be saying this is what we need this is what we're lacking um there are some companies that really are are a little bit better about that sorry a little bit better about that but for the most part, there is literally like just no kind of clearance on the risk to the brand to say this is what we need. You know, it's so scared and it's so fearful all the time. And there's a huge dishonesty to it. Like if you're not prepared to say we need more of X, Y and Z. That, because by saying that you're acknowledging that you don't have That's enough Z of it for in the translating first place. For our yeah, sorry, yeah. Excellent. I'll go with A, B, and C. There you go. So if you're, if you're prepared to say we don't have enough of A, B, and C, like you, you've got to be quite honest as an employer brand to do that. Um, and I'm sure part of what's happening at the moment is people would much rather just shy away from the issue and just hope that people assume they're a really diverse employer rather than be able to put their head above the parapet and say right actually what we need is more diverse we're not diverse enough right. so i was saying you know if you're gonna 
whatever you do, don't start uploading pictures of people in wheelchairs if there aren't any, just to prove that you, you know, you're cool with that, it. That we like it's people like, in wheelchairs, yeah. right? Yeah, it's like, oh no, we're cool with that. It's like, of course you are. Like, we dig it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. By all means, apply. So like, uh, Facebook actually came out with some stats last week and they released this on purpose and with pride, their diversity numbers, right? They're like 3% black and 2.5% Hispanic or Latinx and I'm, I'm just quote making those numbers up. They're like, yay, look at us. We're super diverse. <laughs> no, you're fucking not. Like, come out and say, hey, this is the benchmark yeah. and we're not winning at the benchmark. Sure. You, like, not even start say utilization. we need to do better. Yeah. That's it. Say, yeah. I mean, literally. But don't try to sell it. us a line of bullshit. Own it. On stats, there was an interesting bit in a presentation yesterday when... Uh, so Peter at Schneider Electric, who was talking about um, equality in hiring, uh, and their their target is 50-50 male-female hiring. Right? And he uh, says, moment he puts up the graph, and it's right down the middle, 50-50. It's like, yeah, we did it. Now let me show you the version of that where I actually re-include all the numbers that I, that typically an employer wouldn't show you. Well, I'll put back in all the hard to fill roles. I'll put back in all the roles that make yeah. this number look really bad. Yeah. So yeah, and it's 37 percent. Yeah, which is still good. I, I, I might be a couple of percent out, but it's around thirty-seven percent, right? It's like, and that's okay because you know I'm owning up. I'm owning it, and we're trying to do better rather than just saying, "Yeah, problem solved." Fifty-fifty. See you later. Don't hide like, shit yeah. from me, for God's right. sake. Do you think? This is talking about Facebook. Do you think Facebook uses um, Sheryl Sandberg? As sort of a crutch for the rest of their diverse... You're nodding your head, yeah. Yeah. Are you not Talk leaning about that. in right now? I am not fucking leaning in, right? I mean, like, I'm sorry, but that bitch COO, took me right? for like... But she took me for a ride, right? Okay. Like, her her values and her actions are completely separate, so right? So tell me about that, because I don't know what you're well, referring she has to. Well, she has been actually one of the biggest... Hey, Chief. <laughs> We need more beer. She's been one of the biggest um, kind of veils, right? Like the transparency veil and one of the biggest secret keepers in Facebook, whether it's coming to how you're, they're using your data or what their employment numbers look Just like or how they're kind of tracking diversity. Every single time, right, she's, I, I, honest to God, she's fucking way smarter than Mark Zuckerberg. But that's also much more devious because she knows what shouldn't come out and she is ready to fucking hide it. Right. And she's she's not about transparency at all, like at all. Facebook will be a much better company without Sheryl Sandberg in the seat. Yes. Did we get that on shots fired? <laughs> Let me check the levels that's again. Very yeah, nice. Wow. We need that bomb Woo. sound bite. Yeah. Again. Need another we're going to come down off this high and we're going to close out. We, we we have one shout out that we really need to do, yes. and that's the Talent Nexus that's team. That's what I wanted to do. Yeah, that's, oh, that's what, what I wanted you're to doing. Do. Yeah, well, yeah, go yeah. with it. Go with it. Talent Nexus came to us, and they said, we want to do videos of you, Chad and Cheese, and we're like, I don't know, two white dudes, you know, with a podcast, but okay, we'll do that. Dude, it was awesome. Not to mention giving away a year of free beer and or coffee. Mad, mad kudos, mate, for that one. Talent Nexus is definitely more than a friend at this point.
point. Oh, you, you've been very welcome and, and, and thanks for having us involved. Uh, to be honest, the worst bit about the whole thing has been putting up with, what, two days of, of trash talk about beer, food, <laughs> accents. Uh, it's Zed, by it, the way. It's, it's hard to Zed. swallow how much better America is than, than oh, England, right? Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> so what I want to know is, obviously when you do this as a company, you're expecting some return on investment. You're expecting something. Like, what did you internally say, let's do this because it helps us in these ways? Oh, with you guys, it's purely for fun. <laughs> <laughs> with you guys, it was purely an excuse to drink some beer. Yeah. Oh, 100%. That's two solid days out of the office drinking beer and having a great time. There we go. Do we want to talk about Higher View? We should. We should. Yeah. So the news, I got it sparsely from, uh, shared with me, but Higher View, which I would say is sort of the, I don't know, the, the, the market leader in video interviewing. They have been for a long time. Been around for a while, man. For a while. So, yeah. you know, they, they've gotten quite a bit of investment money. Um, my guess is there was no IPO in their future. There was no, uh, you know, uh, recruit backs up the Brinks truck or Microsoft or something. Someone to buy it. So, so the word is that they are uh, actively selling the company. What does this mean for video? And, and maybe this is a good one for you, Rob, as an employment uh, brand person or or that side of it. What does this mean for video and employment, employment uh, interviewing or video interviewing, um, etc.? Is it a trend that's going down? Is this a little hiccup and, you know, just something else that's going to happen? Uh, I guess I have some questions around it because you see a lot of video companies, Video My Job, for example, Vervo, video interviewing and whatnot. Just opinions overall on where video's going in light of this uh, potential sale of HireVue. I think uh, in a similar way to the, um, the, the programmatic sales recently, I think it's a pretty natural progression um, of... Uh, there's an inevitability to video becoming more mainstream in recruiting. So why why sell HireVue? I mean, video is growing, right? I mean, every everything I see is, you know, video is eating the the internet. It's eating mobile traffic. Like it's all video. Why? Why now sell like the the market leader in video interviewing? Well, wait a minute. Yeah, didn't Indeed buy an interviewing platform like interview.com or some shit like that? Sorry, we're working out some uh, billing issues here with with the bar tab. Yeah, so here in the UK, for some reason, we can't get two beers poured together for some reason. We have some real pouring issues with uh, the British bartenders. That's okay, we're going to fix this out. Julie is uh, going Although to fix it Julie's out. an expert at like turning a beer into a cocktail. Yeah, I have absolutely no doubt she's coming back with exactly what she wanted. <laughs> <laughs> she's the only one who's going to get exactly Give what she Guinness wants. Give me Guinness with a cider and some Tabasco sauce and throw some, uh, some whiskey in there. Like, yeah, it, it may be user error. So, so the whole leader in interviewing, I mean, just interviewing period, right? But then, Indeed bought an interviewing platform. There was no signal for anybody else to buy HireVue. What the hell's going to happen to these guys? I don't remember Indeed buying an inter- a video interviewing platform. No, just an interviewing. Interview.com. But that wasn't video. No, that's why I was saying that they actually well, the question's bought an about interviewing. Video. I know, but <laughs> if video is so important, then why did Indeed well, buy... Well, my a- question is, is it? That was my... Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah, yes, it definitely important. Look, without being behind the scenes, it's very difficult to to make 
sense of some kind of um, some like sales and buys are you know they, they don't seem to make a huge amount of sense from the outside but what I think my guess would be they see a huge amount of growth potential but don't feel geared up to do that without some more support and I, I would guess that the the amount that they've been offered is enough to make that feel like the right timing when you say timing it's interesting because they are they're feeling a little bit of legislative crunch uh, particularly in the US with uh, Illinois, Illinois recently yeah. essentially saying look if you're using artificial intelligence in your interviewing process you need to let the interviewee know yep. that that's happening and if if higher view sort of you know flag flag in the in the ground was we're doing ai with video interviewing then that's a huge like oh shit if the yeah. government comes in and fucks all of our shit up we better sell now knowing that that's probably the future of video interviewing yeah and make no mistake there is a huge hurdle coming up for the whole interview which is these two two conversations are happening in parallel at the moment one is about the growth of video and and that kind of engaging content new ways of doing these things whether it's interviews screening whatever and the other one is about diversity Inclusion. And actually, those two, in in many respects, are in direct competition with each other. It's there's no such thing as anonymizing CVs on the one hand and making sure that people, um, you know, are, are taken purely on merit. And then on the other hand, it's insisting that all of their interviews are, you know, video based and that immediately you know exactly who someone is, what gender they are, where they're from, where they speak with an accent, whatever that stuff is. Like those, those two things aren't compatible in, in the way they're currently portrayed. So you've got this, you've got this thing now, and it, it, as you said, it's exactly the same thing is happening with AI. This realization that actually there's more work to do here than just say, oh, they're both these things are great let's do both like no make them work together otherwise one or the, one or the other will die it'll have to so higher view has taken over 90 million dollars according to crunchbase i believe it been around for a while this a is not time. a bootstrap gig right well that's why then yeah yeah so i mean there there's there's gonna be a nice size payday that they're asking for by anyone assuming they get it well, I, that's what I'm saying. They I, apparently they haven't I mean, at gotten ten offers. times. They're looking for a billion dollars. Yeah, yeah, that's what <laughs> I'm saying. They ain't getting that. Well, especially again with the new regulations, if that signals anything to anybody that all of the science that you've put behind facial recognition look, is for fucking shit right now because you can't use it moving forward. Look, every new state that follows Illinois potentially devalues higher view exponentially. Yes. <laughs> And instead of just waiting out the clock hoping for the best, yeah. let's put it up for sale now and hope some sucker buys well, it up. Yeah, but exponentially, but temporarily. Like, it, it actually might be a great opportunity to buy into something which is, is temporarily damaged by that kind of ruling. That won't last. It can't last because the, the technology, uh, what normally happens is technology moves quicker than legislation can. Uh, and then there's, you often get these moments where there's that like juddering halt where the legislation like, oh shit, actually we missed something. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you can't do it like that anymore. It, it will get updated in the future, whether that's in six months or six years. Um, there, there's no way that AI gets just blown out of recruitment because lawyers can't work out how to make that work. Clearly aren't very familiar with the uh, U.S. legal and or legislative system. Believe me, if the government can fuck it up, They'll they will. Ways. As a matter of fact, I think it was one of our listeners that actually said a third grader could have written the regulation much better in Illinois than these fuckers. <laughs> and that's giving our public school system way more credit than it's, than it's due. <laughs> 
Jill, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull you in here real quickly. Okay. Video interviewing, what it means to diversity and inclusion. I, I would assume once you see someone, that's a hurdle for DNI. Right. We're seeing, yeah, so higher view of video interviewing tool up for sale. We see Illinois saying, hey, if you're using AI, it's not a diversity issue in Illinois. It's an AI issue. Um, just any opinion on video interviewing and what it means to inclusion, uh, pro, con. So you're interviewing, right? So the, the premise or the thought about an interview is you're going to see the person, right? Like, so you have a phone screen, then you have a, a, a video interview potentially. Unless you're using Tenguy. Yeah, but Tenguy has things where, and HireVue really, the, the big issue I have with HireVue is when they're taking all of these data points from my face yep. that are telling me if I'm lying, lying, if I'm engaged, if I'm happy, if I'm all of these things. If you're Which a could be wrong. They could be absolutely wrong yeah. because, like, let's say I just happen to be super anxious. All you so, really need to do is take some Botox to totally fool the algorithm. Oh, well, I need Botox anyway. However, um, I, I happen to be, like, super anxious, so I'm making scared faces the whole time. Like, right? Interviews are really hard for me. Yeah. And Or let's say I have Asperger's or autism and I have a flat affect or I'm super literal and I don't know how to, like, engage in these questions. Wow. Those are, like, some of the biggest barriers to employment, right? And when you're reading reading my facial expressions, my biometrics, I don't know what the right, the right word is, that's a barrier to employment. Yep. And so to try to say, oh yeah, this AI or this whatever bullshit is that we're using now, technology is going to fix any bias, it's not true. And that's the biggest thing with diversity is that you know, like I talked to someone from Monster a few months ago. I've talked to so many people. They're like, oh, yeah, we'll just we'll write an algorithm and we'll fix that bullshit. No, you won't. You will make it worse. And if you think that you can fix what's wrong with diversity with an algorithm, you're a fucking idiot. It's not true. I, I, so it's, it, it's not true. It, there has to be an element of technology and there has to be an element of humanity in the way that we attract and hire diverse people. And if we think that we can just fix it through technology, we're fooling ourselves. Do you think the boys at Vervo are a little nervous? I don't think they no. are. I think they're happy at this yeah. point because they're not doing any of that stuff. Right. So, uh, Omer. Party on, dude. Hit it. Hit it. <laughs> I think at that point, we out. We out. We out. We out. Hi, I'm Tristan. Thanks for listening to my stepdad, the Chad, and his goofy friend, Cheese. You've been listening to the Chad and Cheese podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss out on all the knowledge dropping that's happening up in here. They made me say that. The most important part is to check out our sponsors because I need new track spikes. You know, the expensive shiny gold pair that are extra because, well, I'm extra. For more, visit chatcheese.com. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.